Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew chapter six. I feel my spirit to preach. I feel that I've heard from the Lord. Not just a word, but a direction. Amen. And so, I believe that God can do the miraculous this morning. I believe that God can do things in a moment. In, 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 oh, Jesus, help me. I, I'm, I'm talking about in an instant that will forever change your life. Amen. It, 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 don't, it don't take God very long. It don't take Him very long once He gets started. Amen. So if you'll get on board this morning and just decide, I, I'll tell you who I'm preaching to. Why don't you put your finger on your chest? That's who I'm preaching to this morning. Amen. I'm preaching to me and you and, and the person beside you. So you don't have to be looking around during church wondering who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to you. And I'm preaching to me. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm getting texts and calls from Brazil. And I've gotten pictures. And they've all got their phones and iPads out. Brother Alviar is texting me right now. Amen. Says we are watching from Brazil the service this morning. Yeah. Amen. Well, no pressure. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. The Bible says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, at this time, the Gentiles were not the people of God. So when he says, after all these things do the Gentiles seek, he's talking about those who have no relationship with God. He said, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. We've heard this scripture probably a thousand times in our lifetime. Read and the Lord has dealt with me, but it's not probably going to be exactly what you think. I want to preach what the Lord has given me, and it's simply this things God already knew. Things God already knew. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Come on, why don't you lift up your hands one more time? Let's pray that the Holy Ghost would move in this house. that you would move in this house, Lord. Let your word go forth. Clarity, God, with purity. God, let it touch the heart, Lord. Give me the praise and the honor. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 would say, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Amen. Declaring the end from the beginning. You need to understand first and foremost that God. Before you ever came to today. Before he ever called you into the church, before he ever, before he ever pulled on the, 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 the heart, and before he ever led to repentance, God had already written the end of your story. Amen. Amen. And, and this is most important to understand because if we're not careful as we walk through our life, as we walk through our own story, as, as we turn the pages of our own book and it, and it seems like at times we stumble and we fall and we fail and there is a voice that tends to get in our ears and it says things like well if if you know maybe what God dealt with you about or maybe when he called you he didn't know that you were going to fail like this and and he didn't know that you were going to have this flaw and so so he, he's not going to take you back after you made this mistake honey let me tell you something God wrote the end from the beginning amen oh in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 
I, I don't want you to get confused. I, I don't want you to sin because grace abounds. And I don't want you to think that God intended for you to fall. But let me tell you something. God knew. He wished it wouldn't have happened. But I'll tell you, God knew what was going to happen before it happened. And he had already called you. If he was going to throw you away when you made your mistake, he never would have called you in the first place. Amen. Because God knew. God knew exactly what you were going to do. God knew exactly what you were going to walk through. And the fact that you're still here today, the fact that you're still standing today, the fact that you made it to the house of the Lord, you you can't even make it here unless God draws you here. Amen. The fact that you've got breath in your body tells me God still has a purpose for you. God still has a plan for you. God's not done with you. He's not thrown you away. You're not washed up. You're not worthless. Of Jesus. You're here because he has a purpose for you. And it's time for you to understand yes, I may have fallen. Yes, I may have made a mistake. But rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. Name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Amen. Revelation chapter 13, I believe Revelation only has 21 or 22 chapters anyway. So we're eight or nine chapters from the very end of the Bible. And the Bible says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. The very end of the book said, He was slain from the foundation of the world. So you can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 where it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. From this moment right here, God already had the plan that the Lamb would be slain. It was from the very foundation of the world. What does this mean? The Bible says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Amen. The Bible was saying that from the very foundation of creation, from the time that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, the Lamb was already slain. Okay, you, you, may, you may not realize how powerful this is, but we're talking about day one. Humanity wasn't even created perfect until day six, given the choice to fall, and we don't know how long it was before they fell. Before he ever created a perfect human, he created a plan to save a fallen human. Amen. Because God already knew. I'm here to preach some doubt out of somebody's spirit this morning. Amen. I'm here to help somebody this morning. God already knew what you were going to walk through. He knew where you were going to fall. He knew where you were going to stumble. He knew what you was going to struggle with. God already knew. So you need to get it in your mind. God has a plan. Oh, yes. God already knew. These are things he already knew. Your stumbling didn't catch God by surprise. Amen. And and the devil wants to get in your ear like because you're not perfect that God is going to throw you away. No. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world before he created Adam perfect. He said, I know he's going to make a mistake and I've got that covered too. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord with everything you've got. Amen. Amen. I'm just, I'm going to skip some of these notes. Amen. I was going to talk to you about Adam and Eve, but we know what happened. They were created perfect and they fell. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. Before he ever made them. Oh, before he ever created them. Before he ever fashioned them in perfection. He said, I'm giving them choice. And by choice, they're going to fall. That's all right, though. Because I can make a choice of my own. And it's that I will robe myself in flesh. I will hang on a cross. I will bleed and die so that my blood can cover what their sin will destroy. Oh, yes. 
Come on, I, I, I make no bones about it. I'm here to preach restoration this morning. Amen. God's been dealing with me that, that there's some people, you, you've got calling and you've got purpose, but you've also got failures and you've got flaws and you've got mistakes and the devil's got you convinced that God can't use you and God can't forgive you and God doesn't want to mess with you anymore. I want to tell you, God already knew before you fell that you were going to fall and he made a way. That's why you're here here this morning that's why he drew you here this morning because he's still making a way amen amen john chapter 1 verse 40 andrew finds his brother simon he says we found the christ come he brings him to jesus the bible says that when jesus beheld him he said thou art simon the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. From the time, man, I got this from a good evangelist right here. He gave this to me yesterday. I said, it was the will of God that you called me, bro. Amen. So I'm going to throw this in because it's just so good. He said, you're Simon, the son of Jonah. What is he saying? He says, Peter, you've never met me, but I know who you are right now. And I know where you came from. And then he says, but you shall be called Cephas, which by interpretation is a stone. He said, I know who you are right now. I know where you came from. And I know what you're capable of being. Oh, yes. And that same Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's in this house. He knows who you are today. He knows where you came from and where you've been. He knows where you're capable of going. And that's why he's dealing with you this morning. You may not be who you... Matthew chapter 16, he would say, Who do men say that I am? They say, well, they say you're Elias or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. He said, okay, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, he chimes up, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, Petros, rock, amen. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I need you to understand this. Matthew chapter 16. He said, this is who you are. You've got a revelation. He said, and I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. That, that, that's who you are to me. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you. When I met you, you were Simon. I, I know where you came from. And I told you you were going to be a rock. And, and, and thou art Peter upon this rock. That, that's Petros. That's rock. You're a rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Hey, I, I, I don't know where you're at today, but God has never come to me and told me he's given me the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. This man had a calling to open and close the doors of heaven. And yet we find him just a few short chapters later. And Jesus is washing his feet. And Jesus is giving him bread and, and he's giving him the wine at the Last Supper and, and he's teaching him. And he says, you know what's going to happen? He said, you are going to deny me. Things God already knew. When he, I, I want you to understand, when the, the day he met Peter and he said, you're going to be called Cephas. Which is by interpretation of stone. The day that he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I give you the keys to the kingdom. Those days, Jesus knew what was coming the night of his, his, his arrest. He already knew. He said, Simon, Simon. Satan hath desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. 
Let me tell you something. God understands when he puts purpose in your life. God understands that Satan is after you. He understands that you have an adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion that's walking about seeking whom he may devour. That's not a surprise to God. God already knew you had an adversary. He knew you had, you had sinful flesh. He knew you were fallen humanity. God already knew these things, and he called you, and he gave you purpose. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. That your faith wouldn't fail. Why? Because I know that you're going to fail. But if your faith doesn't fail. (laughs) Peter I know exactly who you are. I know the choices you can make. I know the failures that you can complete. I, I, I know. I know just how capable you are of being a total failure, Peter. But that's all right because I, I'm praying that your faith don't fail. And when you're converted, strengthen your brother. There's going to be a moment in your life where everything will change. And when that moment comes, I need you to take and strengthen somebody else. I need you to reach out and strengthen somebody else. I need you to reach out and help somebody else. I need you to take somebody under your wing and say, I failed too, but the grace of God. Amen. 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 Peter said, no. I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, yeah. That's what you think. But I know that before that rooster crows, three times, not one time, not two, three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny you even know me. So Peter, he goes, it happens just like, just like Jesus said. He denies him and the rooster crows. He remembers, oh my goodness. He told me this was going to happen. And so instantly... I believe great condemnation came over Peter. He had failed God so miserably. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being right outside the doors of the the courtroom? You can hear the trial happening. They're going to crucify your Savior. And they say, do you know him? You say, nope. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know him. I do not. You, I, I know I saw you with him. And he begins to curse and to swear, saying, no, I don't know him. As the, as the trial is happening, the Bible tells us that the rooster crows and Jesus turns. He was in the line of sight. Jesus turns and he just looks at Peter. Peter begins, he runs. He runs away. This is the response of condemnation. When you fail and God turns and looks at you, you run. He ran and he wept bitterly. Jesus is crucified. We we have no mention of Peter. Jesus is crucified, he's buried. We have no mention of Peter. He's resurrected. And we still have no mention of Peter. The angel, the women come, the angel sees them. They're they're talking. And there's a statement made. Jesus tells this woman. He says, go and tell the disciples. And Peter. Peter. That I'm going before him to Jerusalem. You know what he's saying? He's saying like Paul wrote in Galatians. The Bible says. If a man be overtaken in a fault. Start casting every stone you've got. Tell everybody in the church. Make sure everybody. Drag their name through the mud. Make sure you utterly destroy them. In their failure. 
No, what, what does the Bible say? It, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. You, you, you know what you're saying the whole time you're gossiping? You're saying you ain't spiritual. Or you don't believe the Bible. When, when, when you're trashing somebody because they've been overtaken in a fault, you're saying, I am not a spiritual person at all. Or I am utterly ignorant of what the Bible says about what to do when somebody's taken in a fault. What did Jesus do when they brought the woman taken in adultery? You know what I find interesting about this? Is that there's a man and a woman involved in adultery. And these people brought just the woman. By the law, the man and the woman were supposed to be killed. And these people brought just the woman. Why? Because they showed favoritism in their judgment. That, oh, in the name of Jesus. Hey, you'll drag one through the mud, but you won't say a word when you know somebody else has fell. God, help the church this morning. This is Jesus' response. They bring this woman, they throw her in the midst. And they say, the law says she should be killed. Jesus just starts writing. Jesus, do you not hear? The law said they should be killed. She should be killed. The law said they should. It's funny how people tweak the scripture to fit their needs. Amen. So he just starts writing. They said, did you not hear us? She's supposed to die. He stands up. He said, okay. I'll tell you what. This is how we're going to do it. The first one of you that's without sin can throw the first rock. And you know what the Bible says? They went out from the eldest unto the least. Or the people who had lived the longest and had the most history realized quickest, I better get out of here. I, I wonder if there's some mature Christians, mature saints of God that could get it in your mind. When they start talking about hurling stones, I'm out. I'm out. were some real spiritual people that could not, not just see them fall and just be like I'm not going to say anything but no I'm spiritual so when I see somebody overtaken in a fault I restore such an one in a spirit of meekness why? considering myself lest I be tempted also Amen. you got to understand you're as capable of falling as they were. And so you need to take them and you need to restore them. Oh, 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 in the name. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. It's time for you to get it in your mind. I'm going to be the first responder when there's an accident and not so that I can be a news reporter, so that I can be somebody that bandages wounds and takes people back to the hospital where they can get help. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Amen. Amen. He said, he said, you need to get the disciples and Peter and Peter. Amen. He was already commanding. Y'all didn't mess up, but I've got a precious child that did. And, and, and I've got a plan. You see, I, 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 can just, I can just think like Peter was thinking. Amen. I just, I've, I've, got a, I've got a vivid imagination. And so I imagine Peter, over and over and over, he hears the voice of Jesus saying, and I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And Peter's saying, oh, there's no way that that calling still stands. 
There's no, I've got no purpose. You see, th th this, is where, this is where we miss it. Is that we think that purpose, purpose is only in and for perfection. Amen. That's not the case. That's not the case. He, he, may, he may have called you in a good state. And, and you need to be in a good state to operate. Amen. You, you don't need to continue sinning and, and, and you don't need to be hiding sin and, and, and trying to do things for the Lord. and that You'll get in trouble doing that. But you need to understand, just because I, just because I stumbled doesn't mean that I'm utterly destroyed. Oh God. The Bible still says that mercy rejoices against judgment. I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. There's restoration this morning. There's restoration this morning. You, you, you got called, you got purpose in a good moment and, and you've had some bad days since then. But that doesn't mean that God has thrown you away and, and, and you're, just, you're just an old piece of trash that can never be used again. No! God is a God of restoration! Come on, lift up your hands and pray right now. Come on, I need somebody to get under this burden right now. Come on, I need somebody to feel what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost. saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Let me tell you something. Every single person under the sound of my voice today, you have a purpose you have the capability to not fulfill that purpose and to not find that purpose. But God does not create anyone without purpose. God does not create anything without purpose. Amen. God created you. He, he, he put handiwork into you. And He had purpose for you. In the name of Jesus. He said, Jeremiah, before I even formed thee in the belly, I knew you. How? How can you know something that is not? Because God writes the end from the beginning. <laughs> God created. The chance. He created the means for you to be restored before He create, ever created you with the choice to fail. I need you to function through this in your brain right now. I need you to get this in your mind. Before He ever created you with the opportunity to fail, He created the opportunity for you to arise from your failure. name of Jesus. Then said I, Oh, Lord God! Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. What is this? This is God saying, I know who you can be. And self saying, No, God, this is who I am. Yeah, 
It's the same voice you've been hearing while I'm preaching. When the voice of God is trying to get in your ear and is trying to fight through your spirit. Trying to fight through the chaos and the confusion in your own mind. The devil's been trying to stir inside of you. And there's a voice saying, I've got a plan for you. You need to pray. You need to, I, I can restore you. And you're saying, God, but this is who I am. Yeah. And God already knew who you were. God knows who you are better than you know who you are. And he's still speaking to you. And he's still drawing you. And he's still calling you. And he's still got a purpose for you. I want you to understand there are things that God already knew about your life. In the name of Jesus. This is what God said. He said, don't say that. You know, there's sometimes, I, I'm not trying to be rude, but I, this, I, I have to do this to my own self. There's sometimes you just need to shut up. Because you can talk yourself out of restoration from God. There's sometimes you need to, like, like that also, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad he did. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You, you, you just needed to get it in your mind. I don't understand why he's still calling me. I don't understand why he's still drawing me. I don't understand why he still deals with me. But I'm glad he does. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He said, don't say I'm a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Now, I'm not going to deny there are things that need to change. Because there are. But then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See... I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you. I sanctified you and I ordained you. But today, I'm going to change you. Today, I'm going to touch you. And from this day, you're going to do what I tell you to do. From this day, you're going to be who I called you to be. From this day. And you're sitting there saying, well, God, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I fail every time. The prophets of the Old Testament, believe this. Just got Haggai in my mind. I don't know if that's the right prophet or not. It was one of the minor prophets. God spoke to the backslidden house of Israel. And he said, in Darren Motes, he said, there's coming a day where I will betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. There's a day coming where I'm going to do the work. To make sure you stay faithful to me. Because God already knew. That you didn't have it in you. He watched you get up and fall. And 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 feel like a failure. And run and cry and come back. And get up and fall. He said it's okay. There's a day coming where you're going to sacrifice and you're going to surrender. And I'm going to do the work. And the day that I do the work, it's going to be faithfulness. And it's going to be perpetual. 
There's not going to be up and down and up and down and up and down and falling into sin and getting back out of sin and falling. No, he said, I'm going to betroth you to me in faithfulness. In other words, you're going to stand. You're going to have, oh, there was an old man at FPC. He, he used to say, I have good days and better days. He's, he, he didn't have good days and bad days. He said, I have good days and better days. Why? Because God was doing a work in his life. Amen. Saul, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the church, hailing men and women within their houses, bringing them out, putting them to death, putting them in prison in chains, abusing them for the name of Jesus Christ. He hated the followers of Jesus. He had received letters. He was the one that held the coats while they stoned Stephen. Saul of Tarsus. Oh, yeah. And now he's got letters. He's on his way to Damascus. I'm going to kill me some more of those Christians. Those heretics. He said, after the way which you call heresy, so worship I, the God of my fathers. Heretics is what he called them. He's going to round up some more of them and kill them. He's on the road to Damascus, and all of a sudden, a bright light shines in his face. Knocks him off his horse. He can't see nothing. He's blinded. And a voice speaks to him and says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What is, what is the Lord saying here? He's saying, Saul, you're murdering people in my church. And you're in my harness. Oh. The pricks, the pricks were goads. They were on the front side of a plow. So when an animal that had a purpose was harnessed and they didn't want to work, they would kick and the goads would hit them in the legs and it would cause pain and pressure and wound so that they would work without fighting. What Jesus is saying is Paul, Saul at that time, he said, you're destroying my church, but I've got you harnessed. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You're already mine. And I got a purpose for you. And I've got you all cinched up in that purpose. <laughs> oh, things God already knew. He's got him harnessed. He said, Who are you? <laughs> I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And I've already got you all cinched up. You can try to fight it, Brother Jonah, Brother Saul, Brother everybody else that ran, Brother Jeremiah that said, I, I'm not going to preach anymore because I ain't listening. And the word was like a fire shut up in his bones. Yeah, you can try to fight it. But God's already got your purpose. And he's already caught you for that purpose. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further. Because then God speaks to Ananias. He says, Ananias. Ananias says, here I am, Lord. <laughs> the willing vessel. I am here, Jesus. I hear your voice. Tell me what to do. Okay. There's a man named Saul. He's in a house down there. I need you to go preach to him. He's already seen a vision of you coming in. Laying your hands on him. He receives his sight. He gets revelation. He's baptized in the name of the Lord. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. And Ananias said, Bruh, do you know who he is? Things God already knew.
He said, yeah. I know who he is. He's a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the house of Israel. You better be careful the way that you look at somebody in a fault. Because that probably ain't how God's looking at them. He said, well, well, he's just a persecutor of the church and he's killed people. God said, nope. He's a chosen vessel. A chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles and before kings and before the house of Israel. Ananias said, okay. So here Ananias goes. He prays for him. He receives this sight. He's baptized in the name of Jesus. Filled with the Holy Ghost. He begins to preach. And over time, many times you'll find Paul talking about his own, his own unworthiness. And, and, and he says things like, this I know that Christ has come to save sinners of which I am chief. I'm, I'm the worst of the worst. But he understood something about the purpose of God. And I'm almost done preaching. I've got one more scripture and then we're going to pray. Amen. He begins to write to the church at Philippi. And he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. But I follow after. If that I may apprehend. That for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. This is, this is a scripture that I've never fully understood until the Lord began to deal with me about this. And I've heard many, many people, I listened to a song just this morning, and they were, they were using this scripture, and, and the common conception, common, common ideology on this scripture is that Paul is trying to apprehend Jesus as Jesus apprehended him. That is not what the Bible says. Paul says, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of, or we would say in our modern English, by Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, God got a hold of me for a that. There was a thing for which God grabbed me. Oh, yeah. Paul, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the bricks. You're already harnessed. I've already got you. I've already caught you. Now, you just need to get on board with what I caught you for. He said, I, I follow, I pursue that I may grasp, that I may catch. Apprehend, you apprehend like a convict, like somebody that's running from you. He said, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Or in other words, what is Paul saying? He's saying, I am chasing to catch the reason that God caught me for. Or in other words, there was purpose before he ever got you. And now it's time for you to understand, I've got to get a hold of the purpose for my life. Like he got a hold of me for the purpose he had for my life. Amen. He didn't. I'm going to preach for just a little while to this church. God didn't call you a wretched sinner into this church so that self-righteous people could sit there and mock and laugh at your failures. God didn't call you so that he could set you on the back row and tell you you are worthy to come to the altar. That's not why he caught you, honey. That's not why he caught you, sir. That's not why he caught you because he had a purpose for you. And now.
name of Jesus. Come on, everybody stand together. In the name of Jesus. Oh, he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, I've not caught it yet. But I know. I know there's a purpose that he caught me for. I've not been able to fully wrap my mind around it. But I know, I know. He didn't harness me for no reason. He didn't call me here for no reason. God. He said, but this one thing I do. Paul, the persecutor of the church, one of the most hated men of his day, he said, I understand that God called me for a purpose. And I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to catch on to it. I'm still trying to get it. He said, but this I have to do. Why? I'm going to get to it in a second. Paul knew who he was. He knew what he had done. He knew his failures. He knew his flaws. He said, in order for me to be able to apprehend, he said, I've got to do this one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind. I reach forth. Not for God. It's a, it's a, it's a misconception. He's, he had already, he had already, he had the Holy Ghost. God, he had already made God his own. He said, I have to forget the things that are behind me. And I have to reach. Press toward the mark, the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Let me preach to you for just a second, church. You need to forget some things that are in your past. You need to forget some things that are holding you back from what God is trying to do with your life. And let me admonish the church. You need to forget some other people's past too. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul said, if I can say it like this, I've tried everything. found one thing that works I've got to forget my past I've got to forget the failures I've got to forget the flaws I've got to forget the times that I've failed God so miserably and I've got to reach toward the pride Come and I reach for you today because I love you and you are my own. 
Come on, church, respond right now. These altars are open. Come on. Come on, there are some people you need to pray right now. You need to pray right now. You need to forget some things that are behind you. Come on, church, everybody praying right now. Everybody praying right now. Everybody praying right now. Come on, nobody looking around. Everybody praying.